Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I'm Jason Kong, and I'm here. I have the pleasure of being here, as always, with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? Ah, Jason, I'm doing great, and I certainly hope you are as well, and uh, the folks out there are doing good, too. I mean, it's... uh you know, this, uh, I hate to say it, but, you know, we've had North Carolina weather this past week because, you know, it was warm the week before, and then all of a sudden we go down to freezing temperatures again. But, you know, the nice thing is it's warmed up again. So uh, hopefully this weekend's going to be a super-duper uh, nice weekend to be outside and things like that. So, uh, you know, it's kind of thing where this is just North Carolina, and, Folks have to appreciate it, and so that's uh, it's a it's actually a good thing. You know, it's one of the things uh, that uh, I learned from uh, living in Arizona for when it was military duty. Uh, I was at Fort Huachuca, uh, which is down in the high desert uh, of uh, Arizona near the Mexican border, but. Uh, Frankly, one of the things that's really nice about North Carolina uh, are the fact that we have lots and lots of greenery and lots and lots of trees and four seasons, four distinct seasons. And so, uh, you know, that truthfully is a really nice thing most of the time. And I say most of the time because, uh, you know, for the last several weeks, uh, a lot of folks have suffered from the pollen and nobody likes the yellow coating that we have from the pine pollen Um, but anyway let's get to some stuff that actually is important to people because people know everything that we're talking about when it comes to pine pollen (laughs) we are not the pine pollen show actually i appreciated the rain which washed off the pine pollen for at least for a day so uh, that that was a good thing but anyway uh the the uh, one thing that's on the top of lots and lots of people's minds uh is a very important question and that is is my money safe in the bank uh, and and the fact is that the answer to that is absolutely yes uh, to a degree. Okay, and I say that because you know there's been a lot of um, talk, if you will, about the collapse of SVV, so Silicon Valley Bank uh, on the West Coast, and Signature Bank in New York. So we've had a collapse of a major bank out west and a major bank on the east coast and it's like oh my god but the fact is those neither of those banks were consumer banks i mean they they were both investment banks where businesses in other words they did not cater to just normal old customers uh like the banks we have around here for the most part um uh they catered to large and medium and small businesses so the accounts were businesses and of course business accounts are really important i mean because the employees want to be paid and you know so the the money has to be available uh so that people get paid and and uh, businesses can operate and and function so they these banks are important uh to the economy and, of course, the good news is 
the government stepped in to make sure that all of the depositors uh, were covered and that the that there would be a very little turmoil in terms of getting um, th- their bills paid timely uh, as as anyone would expect. Because the fact is that all of us, when we put money in the bank, we expect it to be there and not have any kind of hiccup at all. Um, but, but the fact is, is that uh, the, in this case, for these types of banks, and the good news is, or at least to the best of my knowledge, the government's not covering the investors. And in other words, the, the people uh, who were making these crazy investments that the bank was into uh, and were not truly depositors, but investors, the, the government's not covered them. They're going to have losses. And the and the officers of the bank are all gone. You know, they've lost their jobs. Uh, and all of that is exactly what should happen. It's appropriate. When people don't do what they're supposed to do, they should uh, suffer the consequences and the fallout from it uh, because they're not meeting expectations, if you will, not even close. And so hooray for the government, uh, but it's sort of like, okay, why did this happen? And a lot of folks don't know this, but the fact is that these collapses can be laid right at the foot of the chairman of the Federal Reserve, Chairman Powell. Now, why do I say that? Is Was it because the Federal Reserve didn't do what they were supposed to do? The answer is yes and no. But the fact is, it was Chairman Powell after 2008 when, you know, the big calamity that we all remember, he fought like a wildcat to keep the regulations from affecting these investment banks. In other words, they applied to all the other banks, the ones that you and I put our money in, thank the Lord. But he was basically on the side of these banks don't need all these regulations, and he won that fight. In other words, Congress let him basically get away with not having any significant regulations over these banks to give them, if you will, more flexibility to screw us. (laughs) Okay. And frankly, from my perspective— Chairman Powell should be replaced because it was his doing. I mean, he was the one who led the fight to not regulate these banks. Uh, And to me, now the government is having to step in because of the failure of the Federal Reserve to regulate the banks in a proper manner. And, you know, it's the kind of thing we learned in 2008, a very uh, serious lesson. And that is some regulation is necessary because humans can be greedy. And if, the, if people are playing with money that doesn't belong to them, i.e. banks, <laughs> okay, that there needs to be a level of regulation so that banks have to meet our expectations 
and that and that we go to bed at night knowing that our money is safe. Now, you know, the first thing I said is you don't need to worry about your money. Why? Because your money and my money isn't in these kind of banks. Uh, our banks are regulated, and we haven't had some of the, the th- this type of issue because they are regulated in a proper way. Now, did the bank, did our banks like the regulations that came after 2008? No, of course they didn't. But the fact is, is that they have to do the right thing, if you will. They have to have more money available so that uh, if we need to get our money out of the bank, it is there and it will be there. So those are very, very important considerations for folks. Now, the other thing is that we should know that our accounts are absolutely insured, each count, up to $250,000 each. That's not per person, that's per account, long as it's a separate account. So, you know, in essence, you can have different types of account at the same bank, which are insured to $250,000. And obviously, if, if you're one who wants more cash available than that, then you can have, um, you know, you can actually go to a, uh, another bank and open another account uh, and be insured uh, for $250,000 per account. However, that goes against one of the things that uh, I mention frequently to seniors, and that is when we get older, one thing that helps us a lot is to simplify. In other words, not have three or four banks, have one. You know, not have three or four investment advisors, have one. So that you're not chasing CD rates around the country and have 10 different CDs and banks across the country. Because with digital, which is what almost everybody has now, where all your stuff is online, it's really hard for someone else, if you're getting to be ditzy, it's really hard for somebody else to keep up with what you've done with your money. And if you don't know about it uh, and you don't have an online presence where somebody else knows where everything is, then in essence that money can be lost and is cheat uh, to the state in which the bank is located. And then so the bottom line is simplification for seniors is actually – a good thing as long as you have really good digital security and that's another thing that that folks need to rec- recognize is that's just the way of the world now um, uh, actually uh, my son uh, George Alexander who is a financial advisor with Edward Jones he has an office over in North Hills um, one of the things he tells me and and a lot of folks don't realize this but Edward Jones they actually have money accounts that are insured up to ten million dollars, as opposed to two hundred fifty. Um, and for some folks, they also have extremely high interest rates for their money. That's you know for cash that's available to you, uh, as well as their CD rates tend to be higher, much higher than what most financial advisors can give you. Um, I mean, for instance, a lot of uh, institutions, 
can only give up like you know nine tenths of one percent for cash that's held and that's not I, I mean that's really pretty bad compared to what some other institutions can do uh, and so I know, I know I have told a lot of folks about uh, these accounts at Edward Jones because I can't find other I mean, I, I know that there are some others that are similar to Edward Jones, too, but, and I would certainly um, say look around. But, but, that's, um, but most institutions that provide a money market type account, uh, such as TD Ameritrade or Schwab or, or Fidelity or those others like Vanguard, they're not generally offering any, any much, very much money. Uh, just to hold your your cash, uh, they want it to be invested, and and that's a different situation, of course. Now, I've run on and on, but the the point is, we're very fortunate for the businesses and these banks that have clapped that the government's standing behind all of those depositors, and we shouldn't have to worry about our money. Um, but I will also say one other thing. The fact that, you know, banks can be rated by Moody's and other rating services. And I would say don't rely on those ratings because Moody's and the others tend to overrate banks. Uh, So if a bank is weakening, it's not always reflected. But again, our our, uh, money is insured, and typically federal regulators if a bank is that weak, they actually come in, close the bank on Friday afternoon, and it reopens on Monday as a different bank, and your deposits are still there, and, and everything is good to go. Um, a lot of folks don't realize that that happens, uh, but I know it does because my, my brother was one of those uh, folks who went to banks and closed them on Friday. So if he showed up on a Friday afternoon, that was a very bad sign. But those folks, uh, you know, the officers of that that bank, because bottom line is it would be a different bank on Monday. (laughs) Well, it was unsettling economic news, but knowing that you have a plan in place and that your money is in a safe location, these are all things that can help give you peace of mind when it comes to planning. Be sure that you schedule some time to speak with an elder law attorney. Make sure that you're Documents are in order, as Bill mentioned, making sure that you have a digital release as part of your legal documents is a very important thing because you don't want to be caught in a situation where your loved ones can't access your digital accounts if there's a situation where they need to do it. Schedule some time to speak with Bill if you would like to speak with an elder law attorney. Go to WGALaw.com. From there, it's very easy to schedule some time to speak with Bill. You can also find information about Bill's free webinars. Maybe you want to attend his free asset protection and trust planning webinar, or maybe you want to attend the long-term care assistance webinar, which deals with Medicaid, VA benefits, and other financial assistance that may be available to you if you or a loved one is dealing with a long-term care crisis. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button at the top of the page. It's free to register, free to attend. There's no obligation on your end it's just a wonderful opportunity to have an educational session with bill alexander go to wgalaw.com to learn more we're taking a quick break but we'll be right back this 
is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more. You can find information about Bill and his team. You can register for Bill's free webinars. You can schedule an appointment to speak with him. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, last segment we were talking about the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank is, uh, of course, so much in the news this week. But there's another item in the news that you wanted to discuss that may have well, flown I'm under the radar. I'm sure that it was in the news, but, <laughs> but it, it's clearly a tidbit that's not on people's minds. But it, it's something that I picked up and it just caught my attention. And, and that is that early this week, Pat Schroeder died at the age of 82. And the fact is, most of us, particularly those of us in North Carolina, would have no clue who Pat Schroeder is. And it's like, well, why is that important? Um, Well, here's the thing. Pat Schroeder uh, was, uh, uh, what do you call it, Um, a leader. She was a a first, if you will. uh, she was a game changer uh, in this country. So who was she? She was the first woman elected to the United States Congress, first woman elected. And she served for 24 years. In other words, she was elected to um, an arena that was exclu- an exclusive club of men, mostly white men, of course, uh, but uh, it was a men's club. Congress was definitely that. So she was the first woman elected. And, of course, as anybody who pays attention today knows, there are lots and lots of women in Congress today. But she was... Uh, the 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 person, if you will, who led the fight uh, in Congress and around the country for equal rights for women, uh, equal pay for women, and equal opportunities for all. And interesting, she said. Now she retired a long time ago. She served 24 years in Congress, but. Uh, I mean, frankly, she was at the forefront of movements that many, many women appreciate and enjoy um, today, Uh, things that needed to be done, okay? Uh, Not all of it was accomplished during her tenure, uh, but uh, but, um, the fact that you know, she basically started much of these movements. And um, uh, and, and what she said, and she said this years ago <laughs> about what she wanted um, it, when she died, and I just thought this was really funny. She said she wanted to be cremated, 
and she wanted her remains to be used to make a doorstop. Uh, now, now you have to understand the significance of that. Why did she want her remains to be used as a doorstop? Because she wanted to have her doorstop keep a door open. And what it, you know, and you know that's a very important sim- symbol for open doors, open, you know, open opportunities for all. And it said she wanted to be in death what she fought for in life, which were equal opportunities for all. And I just thought that was really cool. (laughs) And, you know, because the fact is we know in this country, and certainly true in the judicial system and otherwise, that Uh, that even though our Constitution and our Declaration of Independence was uh, all about equality, that we don't have equal opportunities. You know, the the fact is is that uh, there are uh, folks that uh, have more than equal, if you will, in terms of a leg up. Now, the good news is this country is built on the fact that we uh, try very hard to give everyone opportunities that if they'll pull their pants up and do the work, that they have opportunities to succeed and really be amazing in this country. Um, And so uh, open doors are things that are important to all of us. Uh, Public education is important because that allows everybody to be able to succeed, uh, you know, uh, even though the the platforms are not equal when folks start out, but folks who have abilities can, can... uh, even if they start from scratch, uh, which is where a lot of folks start from, that, that, you know, this country is made up of a lot of folks who have done extremely well who started with nothing. And, it, you know, that's not true in so many areas. I mean, if, if you go to, um, you know, South America and lots of other places. It's it's a matter of the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, and there's no middle class. Um, and, you know, the fact is the strength of this country has always been the middle class. And, of course, our middle class is shrinking today as well, and that, to some degree, is government policies are doing that. But uh, and from my own perspective, the more the middle class can be strengthened through public policy, the, the better this country will be long term. Uh, but anyway, that's just uh, I, I wanted to mention a lady who, like I said, most of us would have no clue who she is. But the fact is that she she left a lasting imprint uh, on this country. And, you know, so I wanted folks to know about her. Well, thanks for sharing that, Bill. You always highlight things that are of great interest. And this is one that uh, is an important important trend, or not trend, but a trendsetter that I think we all should uh, take a moment to acknowledge. That's wonderful. Go to WGALaw.com if you want to learn more about Bill, schedule an appointment to speak with him, or register 
for Bill's free webinars. These are happening on Wednesday, April 12th. Bill does these the second Wednesday of each month. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, financial assistance that may be available to you if you're dealing with a long-term care crisis, whether it's you or a loved one, this is a wonderful opportunity to learn how you may be able to receive assistance through Medicaid, or if you or a loved one are a veteran, there's uh, veteran benefits that may be applied to you as well. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button, at the top of the page. Bill also has a webinar dedicated to asset protection and trust planning, which is very popular. If you want to attend either of those or even both, it's free to do so. There's no cost. It's free to register. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button, or call the office 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be back after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. WGALaw.com is where you can go to find more about Bill or to schedule an appointment to speak with him or to learn and register for his free webinars. WGALaw.com is the place to go. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, next up on the docket, we're going to be talking about home loans. There are some changes that uh, are afoot, at least in terms of how they're calculated. Well, exactly. And and it's important for folks to know, uh, you know, so th- those folks who are looking to purchase a home, new or used, whatever, um, but uh, and, and you're, you're wanting a home loan, uh, you have to be aware that regulations are changing. Now, what are changing? These are regulations that have to do uh, with any any in any loan that is guaranteed uh, by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Um, so, which which loans are not uh, in that category? Uh, if you have a loan that through the FHA or the VA, then those are not affected. Okay. But the fact is, is that the significant percentage, the great majority of home loans, are loans that are guaranteed by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Those are the two biggies, if you will, and the regulations are changing regarding those loans. I mean, those are the loans where, um, you know, mortgage folks, um, uh, you know, get a loan together and then they sell the loan to institutions. And then if, you know, most of us have had loans which got actually sold from one institution to another, you know, two or three times during the course of our homeownership and paying the mortgage, if you will. Um, and so this is the traditional loan that most of us would get. So what's happening is the fact is any loan that uh, is made after May the 1st of this year 
has these new regulations to follow. So in essence, we're only talking about weeks down the road, and most folks who are looking at um, securing a loan are, uh, for a house that you're looking at right now, you're, you're probably looking at a loan that's going to be issued after May the 1st. And so the financial institutions and, and mortgage brokers are having to initiate these uh, new regulations now. And what folks need to know is that because of the new regulations, it's much harder for the institutions to calculate exactly what their interest rate will be. So that that may give you some pause in terms of can we afford to buy what we're um, uh, uh, looking at buying that based on the interest rate that we think we're going to get. Uh, and so the bottom line is because the calculations are complicated and confusing, uh, in essence, you need to have a full application in place before you go out shopping. And you can't assume that their advertised rates are accurate because because of these regulations, these rates can change on you. Uh, and the rate that might be advertised might only apply to one specific situation. And, and generally, there's no cost associated with completing uh, an application. And normally, an application doesn't lock you in to a particular lender. So you can still, but if you have the, an application done, uh, and you're working with a lender before you go out shopping, that exactly um, uh, will help you a lot, particularly to find a lender uh, that not only you like but you trust, uh, and you know they're going to be there for you uh, and the like. And, and so you need to have that in place before you make your offer on your house so that you, you know for sure what your rate's going to be. So it's just important for folks to understand that these new home loan, um, uh, the home loans that are guaranteed by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which is going to be almost all of them, um, will be far more complicated, and you need to be a little more careful and get that in place, you know, in, in front of the offer on buying a home. It's stressful enough as it is buying a home or selling a home. So making sure that uh, this is not going to impact you, or if it is, to take those steps ahead of time to make sure that uh, you have prepared in advance with these new changes. Thanks for sharing that, Bill. Don't forget, if you want to schedule some time to speak with Bill or attend his free webinars, go to WGALaw.com. Bill's next set of webinars is happening on Wednesday, April 12th. Wednesday, April 12th. If you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning or about financial assistance that may be available to you for long-term care, you can go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button. It's free to register, free to attend. These are highly educational sessions that you can participate in with Bill from the comfort of your own home. It's done remotely. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more. Just click on the Seminars button 
at the top of the page. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. WGALaw.com is where you can find more information about Bill. Learn about his free webinars that are happening on Wednesday, April 12th. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance or asset protection and trust planning, you should go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page to make sure that you can register and attend for free Bill's free webinars. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we often talk on this program when it comes to asset protection, the importance of beneficiary designations. Well, so many folks don't realize how important your beneficiary designations are to the quality of your estate plan. It's an import, your beneficiary designations are a critical, important part of estate planning. So what I'm getting at is, it's not all about your great legal documents that we prepare. It's also about how you coordinate your planning that's contained in your documents with your beneficiary designations. And if you don't do that, your plan isn't going to work. I mean, it, it's the, because your beneficiary designation can be very different from what you've actually done in your planning documents. In your sta- by, and when I say your planning documents, I'm really talking about your last will and testament or your trust. Now, obviously, a beneficiary designation doesn't apply until you die. Just like a will. A will's just a piece of paper until you die. And it doesn't do anything until you die. Okay. And when somebody dies, your will is taken by your family to the clerk of superior court in the county in which you uh, live, uh, or lived, I should say, should say uh, and um, is probated there and then administered through the court. Uh, and, and the same is true if you have a trust-based plan. Now, trust-based plans normally don't go through a court administration, which a lot of folks like because it's generally less expensive. Uh, you don't have the court costs, and trust can be done faster, more efficiently, if you will, than if things go through the court. Uh, however, um, the fact is, is that beneficiary designations typically take property out of probate where it doesn't go through court of administration. And one thing that's so important that uh, is the fact that what you have down on your beneficiary designations with different institutions uh, will have will take a priority over anything you have in your legal documents. In other words, when you have a beneficiary designation, the institution is going to pay out whatever they're holding based on those beneficiary designations. And it doesn't matter what's in your will, and it doesn't matter what's in your trust. 
if your beneficiary designation says something different than what your will or your trust says. In other words, they're going to pay it out the way you put it down, and you might have put it down 20 years ago or 30 years ago and forgotten about it, and you never went back and looked at it again, and it's completely different than what you really want it to be, or it's not consistent with your will and or your trust. So, okay, so what kinds of assets do we have that have beneficiary designations? A whole bunch. Okay, so you've bought a life insurance policy. Well, when you buy a life insurance policy, you have to tell the company, who do you want to get the money? And oftentimes it's your spouse and then your children equally, but not always. Uh, and you, but your circumstances can change to where that may not be what you want, uh, at least not exactly what you want, because of situational changes. You know, it may be that you want your money to go to a trust for the benefit of your spouse or to a trust for the benefit of your children, or you need it to go to a special needs trust or some other way, or, or your spouse has died and uh, or a child has died, and the, then the question is, does it need to go somewhere other than just by default because you haven't reviewed and changed the designation that you have? Now, life insurance is just one example. There are lots of others. I mean, if you have an annuity, that's an insurance contract, and guess what? Most of the times, it has a beneficiary designation. Who gets the money when you die? Um, but there are lots of others. Your retirement accounts, and this includes all retirement accounts, whether it's uh, an IRA, an individual retirement account, or a 401k, or a 403b, or a 457 plan, or a federal thrift savings plan, or uh, a Roth 401k, or a Roth IRA. All retirement accounts have what? A beneficiary designation. Who do you want to get the money when you die? And again, that can be consistent with your planning documents, or it can be inconsistent with your planning documents. One of the worst cases I've ever known went all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United States, where a fella divorced his wife, very wealthy, of course. Only wealthy people go to the Supreme Court, truthfully, unless it's a, a criminal case. But it's the kind of thing where multi-million dollar situation, his beneficiary designation on his retirement account was to his ex-wife. He never changed it. He did change his planning. I mean, his will. He changed his trust where everything went to his daughter. You know, good, good man. However... Who won? In the Supreme Court of the United States, they said ex-wife wins. And you know what the really sad part is? Is the fact that this was a taxable estate. So there was a state tax due on all that money. And guess who got the estate tax? The ex-wife got the money. But the daughter, who was the executor of the estate, got the estate tax bill. So what, when after the daughter paid the estate tax, there was almost nothing left for her because the ex-wife got the, the retirement account. 
Now, the ex-wife, sure, had to pay income tax on distributions from the retirement account, but the daughter had to pay the estate tax uh, for what the ex-wife received. So pretty sad case, but that's the law of the land, folks. So what I'm getting at is your beneficiary designations really, really matter. And you can also have beneficiary designations on your bank account. Your checking account can have a beneficiary designation. That's called a POD, pay on death. It's a beneficiary designation. How about your investment accounts? Same thing. They're called a TOD, transfer on death. But the fact is, is that uh, typically if you open up an investment account, Oftentimes, the institution says, who do you want to get it when you die? They don't care what's in your will. They don't care what's in your trust. Now, you can leave your property in a beneficiary designation to your trustee under your trust. Um, And some folks would say, well, don't leave retirement accounts that way. And I would say it depends. Because if your trust actually, like the ones we do, normally have the language which allows you to use retirement accounts to your trust. But if your trust is doesn't have that type of language, the financial advisors are right. You should not leave retirement accounts to a trust that doesn't have retirement account language in it to allow the trustee to uh, administer the retirement accounts properly, you know, because it can really mess up uh, how funds are distributed and taxed if you don't do it right. So the point is that your beneficiary designations uh, will uh, will be honored and your will and your trust will be ignored with your beneficiary designation. So anytime you do estate planning or anytime there's a significant change in your family situation, And that can be lots of different circumstances uh, uh, where you lose your spouse. You need to review your beneficiary designations. You lose your your spouse by divorce. I mean, that was the situation that I talked about, the Kennedy case at the United States Supreme Court. Um, You know, death of a loved one, and that could be a child that uh, you're trying to help. um, Another biggie is... Uh, where you remarry. And that may be a place where you, you want your beneficiary designations to either go a tr- to a trust for your children or directly to your children. And in some cases, you may want your beneficiary designations to be irrevocable, uh, sometimes, particularly if you're starting to get ditzy, <laughs> you know, because people can be influenced in a, in a bad way. Uh, uh, under those circumstances. And those are circumstances, obviously, where families do challenge situations and people want to avoid those challenges. You don't want to be caught in a situation like that. You want to make sure that your planning is properly in order. If you've never spoken with an elder law attorney before, never had your documents reviewed by one, schedule some time to speak with Bill. Go to WGA Law. That's an easy way to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Or if you want to attend Bill's webinar dedicated to asset protection and trust planning, you can do that as well. There's no cost to you. Just go to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. A quick break and back with more. This 
is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Bill's free webinars are happening Wednesday, April 12th. If you would like to attend and learn more about long-term care assistance or asset protection and trust planning, go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. You can also call the office. The phone number is 919-256-7000, Seven thousand. That will do it for us today. We got to get out of here. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong. Thanking you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day. <music>